thank you for connecting to the media product of LifeGate Church. Pastor Brian Gallardo prays as this product goes out into the nations, that it empowers your faith, stirs your spirit, and pushes you towards your God-given destiny. For more information, please go to www.lifegatekc.org. And let's go to the book of Mark. I got something in my spirit for you guys today. Brother Matthew, I'm going to give you this right back, that Bible. Excuse me. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Um, everybody doing good this morning? Everybody, everybody, everybody doing all right? How many can agree with me? It's kind of weird in here. How many of y'all feel that in, in the room? Anybody else? All three of you? Okay. How many don't feel it like it's weird in here? I feel like it's kind of weird in here. And uh, that happens sometimes when a pastor is able to get away. Sometimes a sheep play. And uh, you can kind of feel it's a little bit awkward in here. But it's okay. We're going to find our vein this morning. Is that all right? We're going to find that resident anointing this morning. And we're going to sit in it for just a little bit. I want to welcome all of our first-time guests those watching online. We're so glad that you're here today. And I pray that today your life gets rocked by Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay, Mark chapter number 11, verse 12 through 14, and then I'm going to jump up to verse 20 uh, through 24. So I'm going to give you just a few moments. I think they're going to put it on the screen today. I don't know. Are we doing that today, Birdo? I don't know. Maybe we're not. If not, no big deal because we're, what's that? Okay, that's good. Okay. Um, Mark chapter 11, verse 12 through 14, and this is what your Bible says. If you don't have a Bible, just reach over and steal the one from your neighbor. As long as you give it back later, you'll be all right. Mark chapter 11, verse 12 through 14 says this. Now the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season yet for figs. Verse 14. In response to there being nothing on it, Jesus starts talking to it. He started to decree to it. He said, let no one eat from you ever again. And his disciples, everyone say, heard it. So Jesus said it, and then they heard it. Verse number 20 of Mark chapter 11. Now in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Or we could say, they saw a harvest, what was planted by the words of Jesus. Verse 21, and Peter remembering said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed or the fig tree that you talked to has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God, for surely I say to you, whoever decrees to this mountain, everybody say, I got a problem. Whoever decrees to your problem, be removed and cast into the sea. Everybody say, my problem needs to get out the way and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he decrees or says it will be done, he will have whatever he decrees, whatever he says. Everybody say, that means me. Okay, say this out your mouth. Say, whatever I say, as long as I believe in the name of Jesus, it belongs to me. Okay, watch, verse 24. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you decree when you pray, you gotta believe that you receive them, and then you're going to have them. Is that not the Bible? I want to preach a message to you this morning entitled, Say It and Spray It. Say it and spray it. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the word today. I pray you help me uh, to give it to your people the way that I believe you gave it to me. In the precious name of Jesus and the people of God said amen and amen. Before you're seated, can you just reach over, slap somebody, high five, and say you can say it and spray it this morning.
sickness itself were these stupid masks we had to wear. If you wore glasses, it made it 50 billion times worse. Then we came to church and we tried to praise the Lord with masks on. What in the world were we thinking? They said to us, these masks protect other people from when you talk so your spittle doesn't leave your mouth and get on them and give them what you got. Because what you got could be contagious. Can I tell you this morning, this is what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to put a filter on your mouth. So your problem will stay. Because if the faith in you comes out of your mouth and spittle in the spirit gets on your problem, Jesus said, your mountain's going to have to move. Uh-oh. Your words are operating in a realm you can't see. What you say either gives life to your problem or gives death to your problem. Everyone say this out of your mouth. Say, my words are seeds that find the soil. Jesus said, if you say to your problem, be removed and cast into the sea, and you don't doubt in your heart, but you believe God in prayer, those words that you say will make your mountain move. Our problem is we're better at speaking words of cursing to our problem like it's never going to change. It's always going to be this way. My marriage is broken. My money is broken. My emotions are broken I'm busted I'm disgusted I'm my diabetes my depression my and so be it unto you for what you say you will see look at your neighbor say say it and spray it so your words they're like seeds we say it and we spray it. We say it. And we spray it. We say it. And we spray it. A farmer goes to the field and puts seed in the soil. He does it with expectation that something is going to grow, take root, go down into the soil and produce a crop. Your words do the same exact very thing. We are all farmers. 
farmers here today. You are farmers of your destiny. You are today a harvest of what you spoke yesterday. What you say long enough, you will see because we scatter, we say it, and we spray it. Look at your neighbor, say, say it, and spray it. Okay, let me give you some Bible here real quickly. John eleven forty five. 45. Jesus is told his buddy Lazarus is dead. And he goes to his tomb, and the Bible said he stood in front of his friend's tomb. He already wept. He already cried. He already went through the emotions of it. And he stands before the tomb. You see, your crying alone won't fix it. Your weeping alone won't fix it. I know it broke you. I know it hurt you. I know your yesterday was a bad yesterday, and you came out of a dark season. But, honey, your emotions alone are not going to fix it. You got to do what Jesus did. Jesus stood in front of a dead thing. He stood in front of Lazarus. And your Bible said he lifted up his voice, and he said, this is what he said Lazarus come forth and his eyes popped open mm -hmm. in Mark chapter number 5 the Bible said Jesus stepped onto an island and this man was possessed with a legion of demons and he ran to Jesus and he bowed at his feet and he said son of David don't torment me at all Jesus said what's your name he said my name is legion and we are many and your Bible said Jesus used his voice he spoke to the man that was demon possessed and said come out of him and the demons came out and went to the herd of pigs he was saying it and spraying it well Jesus gets in a boat with his disciples. We're going to be picking up corn. This is almost as bad as the Skittles. <laughs> Jesus gets in a boat with Deron, Matthew and Alex, Travis, Benjamin, Chris, 12 of, his, 12 of his disciples. And he goes to sleep in the stern of the boat. And the Bible said a storm broke out. It was actually a squall. I don't know what a squall is, but it sounds weird. Squall! and a squall breaks out Duran. and the Bible said they had a problem the waves started coming up over the boat and the disciples said God we're going to drown Jesus how can you sleep in the midst of a storm and the Bible said that Jesus woke up and said oh you guys have so little faith and the Bible said he stood up on the boat. He rebuked the winds with his mouth. And he said, be quiet and be still. And all of a sudden there was tranquility. What are you trying to tell me, preacher? I'm trying to tell you this morning, you better watch what you're saying. You better watch the words coming out of your mouth. You may say this sounds like word of faith. That's exactly what it is. This sounds like blab it and grab it. That's exactly what it is. I'm going to blab it and I'm going to grab it. Somebody say, say it and spray it. Look at your neighbor, say, say it and spray it. Look at somebody behind you that's been sleeping all service and tell them, say it and spray it. Say it and spray it. See, what comes out of your mouth matters. What you're saying about your marriage matters. If you use words like, I'm going to sit, we just might well separate. This was a mistake. Divorce. You're planting seeds all 
into the soil of your marriage. If you say, we're always going to be broke. My daddy was broke. My mama was broke. My people was broke. Everybody broke. I'm broke. I'm everybody broke. You're planting seeds into the soil of your tomorrow. I have never said, I used to struggle. My father asked me today, he said, son, how are you doing mentally? He's like, how's the anxiety and the depression? I can't tell you the last day I was depressed, and I can't tell you the last day I was anxious. But you know what I refused to do when I was going through that? I never said my anxiety. I never said my depression because it did not belong to me. I said, hell, you can have your anxiety. Hell, you can have your depression. Hell, you can have your sleepless nights. Somebody say, say it and spray it. Yes, say your neighbor high five and say he's talking to you. I haven't preached here in a month and I feel like preaching today. I don't like this kind of church. Y'all are excited. Why would you want to go to a dead, quiet, boring, lukewarm, Laodicean cemetery funeral, have a library service? My God, is Jesus alive or is he dead? Then we should be alive too. I'm alive in Jesus. I'm excited. Job said, in chapter number 22, he said, decree, say, and spray a thing, and it will be established unto you. If you go to my house right now, it's been established. You're not moving it. He said, Pastor, we can get a bulldozer. We can move it right out of there. Oh. Yeah, but you're not going to go with your own strength, and you're not going to move this wall down with your two arms. We can all line up against this wall and push. This wall's not coming down. It was established over 100 years ago. What I'm trying to tell you is your words establish your future. And the only way to unestablish him is with a sledgehammer. Thy word, O oh Lord, is a hammer. Your tongue, James says, sets ablaze whatever is in your life. Your tongue is like a rudder. I used, to, I used to say an udder, but that's not what it is like. It's like a rudder of a ship. It's small. It's like the bit in a horse's mouth. I used to really say that when I was a youth pastor because I would be preaching so fast, and finally Pastor Hart came to me and goes, you're saying udder, son. It's, it's a rudder. Right. Yes, sir. He's Let me tell you what an udder is. I said udder seven times just for you guys. Okay. I heard my wife preach the message on last Sunday. And I heard Berto preach the message the week before. And I heard Pastor Greg Tig preach the paint off the walls. What? Thankful for them. Your tongue is a fire starter. My mama used to tell me don't play with matches. Then I learned God don't need no matches. He's fire by himself. <laughs> But your tongue is a spark. Come on, married folks. With your tongue, you can get in trouble fast. Come on, married people. Come on, husbands. You better be careful what you say. If your wife says, does this make me look big, you better watch what you say. If your wife says, have I gained a few pounds, you better watch what you say. That's a problematic question. <laughs> <laughs> 
Does this make my behind look big? Baby, you look good. That's all I know. That's what you say. Come on, man. Let me get a hoorah. You know, the only difference between words and swords is where you put the S. Ladies, when you say the word, whatever, we know that there's something there. How you doing, boo? I'm fine. You're a liar. And I'm in trouble, apparently. How you feeling? I can't even smack my lips. Okay. Oh, you're not okay. Words matter. Come on in here. Come on, married people. You're probably getting a lot. You, you'd, be having, you'd be back on your honeymoon if you said the right words. Huh? The reason why, that, uh, that, the reason why some of y'all are in a bad place is because the wrong person slid into your DMs and said the wrong words. Oh, they text you the wrong words. I believe that most marital problems would be a whole lot better if we said the right thing. Come on in here. You lost your romance after three years. You lost the honeymoon phase. You used to tell her how beautiful she was. You ain't told her that in decades. You used to tell her how much she loves you, but now you're too macho for that. You just want a bowl of popcorn in the remote. What if we started saying and spraying the right words in our home? Uh, that's why your teenagers are addicted to their phone because you don't even talk to them. You don't have a conversation with them. All they know of you is what they see the phony church on Sunday instead of the real you at home. Words. Boy, it's quiet in this Lutheran church today, but I'm going to keep on preaching. Words matter. They, I'm telling you, they matter. They carry weight. They, we have to learn to say and spray the right thing. Hebrews 11.3 says, the worlds were framed by the words of God. He said, let there be day, there was day. He said, let there be night, there was night. He said, let there be sun to govern the day and let there be moon to govern the night. And then he stepped back and he said it was good. Then he said, let there be land. Let it bring forth vegetables. He stepped back and it looked good. He said, let there be ocean. Let there be bird. Let there be fish. And he stepped back and he said, ooh, my declaration of saying it and spraying it looks good. If we were made in the image of God, we should do what God does. If God frames with his words, what do you think we do? This is so corny. I've been wanting to say that all week, Duran. What are you saying to your problem? How are you helping your problem? Are you speaking to it? Because if you keep talking to it, sorry, Duran. If you keep talking to it and you keep sowing words of positivity and you keep speaking the word of God over the old mountain, you're going to move. Oh, cancer, you can't stay. Oh, poverty, you're not welcome here. Oh, depression, you got to go. Anxiety, I am beloved of the Lord. You spirit of an orphan, you got to go. You witchcraft, you got to go. You devil, you got to go. We're going to get, then he's got to go. Are you 
gonna say it is praying? Are you gonna say it is praying? Look at your neighbor and say, you got to say the right thing and spray the right thing and stop cursing yourself. All right, y'all ready? This is decree 2.0. We got five decrees for LifeGate Church that we need to say and spray. I'm so tired of the season we were in, but we out of it. We are not auditioning for nobody. Let 25 people leave. We are not auditioning for you. God called this church. God raised up this church. And we ain't going nowhere, baby. We was here when they got here. And we're going to be here when they leave. Somebody say, say it. And spray it. Decree number one. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't know if you're ready. Decree number one. God is about to take our little. God is about to take, they didn't, they didn't change the words, so we'll stick with it. God is taking our tiny and making it mighty. We may only have a few, but Gideon only needed a few. Jesus only needed 12. He got 11, but he only needed 12. So he, had, he had 11 disciples. Well, one was not really his disciple by the end. A little bit is a whole lot when God is in it. These look just like, these look like little itty bitty corn seeds here, or whatever you call them, kernels, but plant these in the ground and you'll reap a harvest of a field. Are you here today? In John chapter number six, there's this guy, his name is Jesus. He was fully man when he was on this planet. He attracted thousands of people that were coming to listen to him preach. And the Bible said that his disciples said, Lord, shall we go spend eight months worth of wages? Y'all think church is supposed to be broke. I don't know where you read that in your Bible. Should we go spend eight months worth of wages in modern day currency? That'd be about $40,000 is what the average American makes in eight months. Somebody said, not me. We'll pray, we'll pray that you do in Jesus' name if you're under that. And then they, I said, amen. I said, amen. amen. And, and he said, nope. He said, what do we have? We got to stop focusing on what's left us and what we don't have and start focusing on the good that we do have. We got to start focusing on the mighty that's in this room. My God, you're mighty. My God, you're loyal. My God, you're faithful. Look how honorable you are. Look how honorable you are staying in the trenches. Look at your neighbor and say, he's preaching to you and you ain't saying nothing. Jesus said, what do we have? He said, we got a few fishes or little. We only have a few, Jesus. And we only have a few loaves of bread. Jesus took that tiny and started breaking it and made it mighty. And I believe with all my heart, that's what God is getting ready to do at LifeGate Church. He's about to take our tiny and make it mighty. Some of you in this room need to get off your hiney and say amen. God's about to take our tiny and make it, high, make it mighty. God's about to take our tiny, tiny resources, tiny money, tiny people, tiny services, tiny platform, can't get no help in this Lutheran church this morning. I'm going to preach to myself. God's about to take my little and make it much. God's about to take my no and make it yes. God's about to flip the script, take my tiny and make it
make it mighty. I see teenagers coming to this church in groves. I see a revival of Gen Z hitting this church. Come on up in here. I see a revival of Gen Z hitting this church, coming out of lesbianism, coming out of homosexuality, coming out of transgenderism. Say it is right. Coming out of self-mutilation, suicidal thoughts, depression, anxiety. I see the tiny about to be mighty. Come on, everybody, stand to your feet. We're going to decree this together. You ready? When I count to three, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, when he counts to three, I'm going to shout louder than you are just to let you know one two three let me hear you say it father in the name of jesus we pray that you would do it god we pray that you would do it god we pray resources from the north the south the east and west god we pray that we'll build a multi-million dollar facility with zero debt we pray that you take our hundred thousand dollars and that you'd flip it into something mighty in the name of jesus in the name of yeah 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 yeah, yeah. in the name of jesus somebody say say it and spray it give your neighbor a high five and sit down number two i had corn go down my pants help me jesus that's what we need we need we need our words to get down in every little place and crevice of this church and start manifesting goodness that's what i believe with all my heart come on in here thank you holy ghost for making an awkward thing good hey 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 god get it in every crevice get these little cracks back here in the name of jesus in the name of jesus in the name of jesus i'm just going to say and spray it all by myself Somebody said, I've never been to a church like this. I know there's only one of me. Hallelujah. Number two, number two, number two, number two, number two, number two, the limitations are coming off of me. Number two, the limitations. Somebody shout this out of your mouth. No limits, no boundaries. Say it again. No limits, no boundaries. Third John chapter 1 and verse 2 says this, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper. I'm so thankful he didn't stop there. He said prosper in all things. You know what that means? I'm so tired of these people getting on YouTube that never read the Bible in their life. I am so sick of Christians coming to preachers and say you're supposed to be broke. You ain't supposed to have nothing. That's not in your Bible. Well, that's the prosperity gospel. Well, you can't have the gospel without prosperity tied to it. You think we serve a broke down, busted, rusted God? We serve a God that has a city made of gold. When I was a little kid, hold on, let me back up. When, 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 Chris, when, when we installed this sound system, I don't remember, four years ago, five years ago, we hired a sound company to come and install it. And I don't know what the deal is with these sound companies. They, they, they act like we're a Presbyterian church. They, they can go to the Def Leppard concert and it sounds great. But when they come to church, you can't hear nothing. It sounds like garbage. And they put this dumb thing on a microphone called a compressor. 
it's a limiter so you can't push in the microphone when you start getting in, it goes like this and you can't hear it no more it's called a compressor and they're of the devil they should have never invented them for preachers i'm not a lutheran presbyterian i'm a pentecostal holy ghost firebrand preacher That was for Grandpa. G. Jesus. And I told him before I started preaching, I said, listen, I know how you sound guys are. I said, don't you dare put a compressor on my microphone. Don't you, because it's a limiter. It takes you to a certain and it knocks you down. I said, don't you put a compressor on my microphone. Berto said, you better not do that because, listen, he'll, he'll, he might say something. He said, I ain't scared. So we got in here. Then guess what he did? He put a compressor on my microphone. And I stood up here and I felt it drop like that. I said, hold on a minute, stop. Take the compressor off. Well, that wasn't very nice. No, what wasn't nice was for him to disrespect and dishonor what I asked him. And I paid him. Uh, yeah, a lot of church people do that when the usher asks you to go over, but you, anyway. So, so, so I said, I said, I said, I didn't ask nicely because I was irritated at this point. Well, that's not very spiritual of you. Well, well yeah, praise God. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not perfect like church people. So I said, Berto looked at me, he goes, I told you. And he goes, how do you know there was a limiter off? He goes, oh, he's kind of like a guru with that. He, he knew he knew. He knew. I told you he was going to tell you. That's what Berta said. I told you. Now he's going to think I didn't. I'm going to get rebuked after church. I said, no, you're not going to get rebuked. I said, take that limiter off. I was, when I was a kid, I, I used to like going to this place called Funplex. I really went there. Sorry, honey. I really went there to try to meet girls. And uh, it was a wave pool. They had water slides and lots of go-kart tracks. They had like six go-kart tracks. And they were really slow. I mean slower than molasses in the wintertime running uphill. And my friend actually raced go-karts. And what he knew about go-karts at the Funplex, they had a little device on them called a governor. Let me say it like I'm from Mississippi. A governor. And he'd reach back there while we were going on the racetrack and ripped it off. And without limitation, he's like, wow, wow, wow. I'm like, I hate you. But I feel like that's the season we're walking into as a church. What has hindered us, God's going to rip it off. The thing that's been trying to govern this local body, the witchcraft that's been spoken against this church, God is reaching his mighty hand down, and he's going to rip it off without limitation, without hindrances. And we're about to step in to what, if you believe it, stand on your feet and say yeah. Stand on your feet and say yes. Here's what I know. Psalm 133. Man, I don't know if we're going to get through this. We're going to have to continue Wednesday. What happens with the people of God? I don't care what your goofy YouTube theology tells you. Theology tells you. God gives authority in a church to govern the people. Oh, Jesus is my pastor. Where is he? I'll remember that when you call and need a hospital visit. I'll say Jesus is your pastor. 
The elders will not be there. Oh, you need a funeral? Oh, Jesus is your pastor. Oh, you need somebody to do your wedding? Oh, I'll let Jesus do that for you. Praise the Lord. I don't even know what I was saying. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Psalm 133 says the anointing flows from the head down. I'm going to be teaching in our dream team after we conclude this book, which I'm finishing the leadership teaching tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Those of you that are part of that, you know what I'm talking about. When we get through that, I'm, man, I'm about to give you something brand new. I'm going to give you a couple weeks off, and then I'm coming some, for some of the heaviest teaching I've ever given anybody publicly, but it's going to be on that thing, so you want to make sure you be there. Okay, so, Jeremiah, if the anointing flows from the top down, and God gives the ambassador of your life a word for our corporate church, guess what? That means it's coming to your house too. That means if God is saying no limits at LifeGate, that means he's saying no limits there at your house. That means if he's saying that he's taking the authority and the government off of you, that the devil's been coming your way, he's going to do it at your house. Y'all ready to make this decree? I got to hurry. Decree number two. Throw it up there, Brother Birdo. Decree number two. Decree number two, when I count to three, I want you to declare it as if everything attached to your life is connected to this decree. Are you ready? One, two, three, go. Say it one more time to make hell nervous. Say it one more time for the people who ain't said nothing. Say it again. One, two, three, go. Father, we speak, the, we speak the spiritual limitation and we ask for revival. We speak to the limitations that have been on our families and we ask for household salvation. We ask for a move of God in life game. We ask you to take the limits of resources off of us and that you remove it in the name of Jesus. Slap your neighbor high five and say yes. Come on, slap your other neighbor high five and say yes. Hi, yeah, yeah, yeah. Number three. Lord. I don't know if they're ready for this. You say, Pastor, where, where have you been? I've been getting this from the Lord the whole month. I got this. I've been seeking God. What do you want for us? What would you have for me? What do you want me to do? Where would you have our people to do? Where would you have us to go? What would you have us to say? And he said, I want you to take point number one, and I want you to take point number two, and tell the people they can put a double equation on it. Here's decree number three. I'm about to walk into my double season. Ooh. Expect double of what your expectations are. Come on in here. After this week, I declare and decree this church will never be the same again. I decree it. I declare it. There's some stuff breaking off of us right now. I decree it and I declare it. We about to see double the amount of people get saved. We about to see double the amount of demons come out of people. We about to see double the amount of people get healed. We about to see double salvation. Double. Somebody say double for our trouble. Look at somebody and tell them double for our trouble. The last 12 months was hell for me. I don't know about you, but the next 12 months I'm on a mission. I'm going to make hell pay. I'm going to make hell pay. I'm going to come in hot. I'm going to come in strong. And hell's going to have to pay. Double! Look at your neighbor and say yes. Lord, help me, help me, help me. Chris, he gave me a scripture.
I never heard preaching like that. It's because you've been in the wrong church. If you've been listening to a six-foot icicle stand behind a pulpit and talk about a reader's digest, self-help, coach, life, skill message, you ain't been to church. I feel the Holy Ghost on me. My daughter, she got my spirit on her. When the anointing comes on her, she just starts pacing them floors. She starts walking back and forth. My little quiet, little sweetheart, little 13-year-old, she'll cast the devil out of an 80-year-old if they got one. You think I'm playing? I ain't playing with you. I ain't playing with you. I ain't playing with you. I'm raising up a giant killer. She's my number one disciple. I love y'all, but if I fail with her, I failed as a pastor. And I fail. She's going to turn the world upside down. You see the shirt she's got on? Turn the world upside down. Isaiah 61.7. Can you put that on the screen for me, Birdo? Isaiah 61.7. For the hell you went through, for the pain you went through in the last 12 months, God gave me this. For the shame that you encountered. What you don't know is I felt ashamed as a pastor. I felt so insecure as a pastor. I felt like a eunuch, if you know what that means. I felt like Jezebel won and we lost for your shame. This is what God gave me. For your shame, you're going to have double, double, double. And so you will inherit a double portion at 2911 Blue Ridge Boulevard. You will inherit a double portion at Blue Ridge Boulevard. And everlasting joy will be mine. Somebody say double. Look at your neighbor and say double, 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 double. Here we go. Stand to your feet, everybody in this room. Come on, get in line with the house. Stand to your feet unless you're sick. Here we go, say it together on the count of three. One, two, three. Can you get your wallet out? If you don't have a wallet with you, get your cash app out and open it up. Because I know you got your phones with you. Open that wallet on your phone. Goodness gracious, Jeremy. Sweet baby boy. Look at your money. Say, hey, money. You're about to double. Nah. <laughs> say it again. Say, hey, money. You're about to double. For my church. For my marriage. For my bank account. God is about to give me double trouble we're gonna have raises we didn't qualify for we about to have streams of income we never knew existed we about to get checks in the mail come on up in here we about to get dividends we didn't know what's coming double say it one more time one two three go father we pray in the name of jesus that this time next year we will see double the people we will see double the chairs we will see double the building we will see double the anointing we will see double the revival we will see double the deliverance we will see double the economics we will see double 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 and the church said yes the church said look at your neighbor and give him a tiktok and say yeah Say yes. Say yes, yes. Yes, yes. 
slap him a high five and say yes? I don't know if I can read you what the Lord told me. We about to be so blessed. We're about to be blessed. And I don't preach just a bless me gospel here. If you don't repent of your sins, you're going to hell. Our mayor needs to repent of his son, sins. You know, he made this a safe haven for transgender gender children to come to here in Kansas City. And I immediately got mad for a second. But then I thought, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait. Can you give him our address? I was like, hey, wait a minute, is there any way you could send them here? Because we about to see them fall in love with Jesus, get filled with the Holy Ghost, radically delivered, and make them all preachers. I wrote this down because I don't want to, I don't want to. Those who stood against this ministry are going to have to sit back and watch God bless it. They're going to say, my God, he's surely there. The Holy Ghost is really at LifeGate. God is really doing something there. We must have missed it because look how blessed they are. Look how prosperous they are. Look what God is doing. Now, before I got to hurry, I got 25 more minutes. All right, I got three hours. No, seriously, how many will give me five minutes? Let me see if you give me five more minutes. Old preacher joke. You just, you just walked right into it. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30. Number four. I want you to see this. Multiplication and addition are en route to my house. All the seeds everywhere, my God. Don't you hate it when you have a bag of popcorn and there's that one? You're like, Have some more. Number four. Hope you got some good pictures. Here, let's take a good picture. Are you ready? Oh, wait, hold on, wait, wait, hold on. Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna throw it up on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. That was probably a good one, huh? Okay. Number four. I haven't talked publicly about things in our church out of pain and I didn't want to say anything that was misconstrued or demonizing anybody. Because I want to be a classy pastor. And I want you to be proud of how I lead you. <laughs> I do. I really do. But if we're going to continue to grow, you have to have the understanding that being loyal to someone means you can't be loyal to everyone. And that is my business. Loyalty is expensive. If you're not for my pastor, you ain't for me. 
Well, that sounds cultish. You don't even know what cultish is. You should just laugh. Do you think I would be your friend if you had something bad to say about Pastor Hart? I'd be like, bye, bye, bye. In the name of Jesus. If we're going to multiply and we're going to add, we got to get our hearts set right. Come on in here. In the kingdom. I was with somebody not that long ago. And he had somebody in his church, and they left, and they took like 30 people with them, even off their platform. And his heart was completely broken. I didn't even know that. I go there, now with a different anointing, and I caught it in the spirit. I didn't even know, and we're good friends. And I just like a scalpel start taking this apart like this. He and his wife start weeping, crying. I say, y'all, come here real quick. I felt led to do this in prayer. I want to receive an offering for them for the hell that they've been through. Then people gave their pastors more of an offering than they've ever given them in the entire life of their church. If we're going to multiply some of y'all, shout to us. We will get there in a minute. If we're going to multiply and add, we got to get our heart in the right position. Look at your neighbor and say, we're going to let it be pastoral for a minute. Tell somebody, we're going to let it be pastoral for a minute. I was a little, a little bit taken back at the lack of attendance when Pastor Esther was here. I was a little embarrassed. They're my friends. And I brought them here because they had a word from God. And I was tired. You missed out. <laughs> had to take the dog on a walk. I wanted to go to Burger King. You should have gone where the house of the king instead of Burger King. I was on Facebook, not in his book. Come on in here. Dr. Dr. Brown's coming next Sunday. If we're going to multiply and add, we get to the church not just when we're serving. Thank you. <laughs> I love you so much. Just push your neighbor and say, we love him too. Okay. Here's what I'm believing about our church. The anointing is increasing. Do you know that the devil doesn't divide? The devil can't destroy this church. People can. Jesus didn't say beware of demons. He said beware of religious people. Beware of people. We have authority over demons. We don't have always have authority over you. That's because, you know, I remember back in the old church, elders, you remember this, in the old building. Sister Bree, this is so funny. People came to church late. They just had a bad attitude. So I said, okay, so we're going to do. Everybody gather your stuff and go outside and come back in with a better attitude. They thought I was kidding. They're like, oh, yeah, that's fine. I was like, no, seriously, grab your stuff and leave. Come back in with a better attitude. I mean, what do you want God? Do you want God to do something here? You just come in like a movie theater, eat popcorn, and watch me burn. What, like, what'd you come for? 
That's why we can manage everything else, but our clock, drug deals go on time, and, and, and soccer games start on time. The Chiefs never start late. We're going to be here on time and be punctual people so God can do in the room. Everybody say the anointing's increasing. I'm back. It's funny, the first three rows are excited. God bless the rest of you. Okay, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says this, you'll receive power. And then in 433, they got great power. Our substance, look at, look at the finances of Abraham. This is Genesis 13 and verse 2. Eight, how many believe we are, that we are all byproducts of Abraham and he, we are in covenant with the blessing of God? Wave at me real quick. Okay, all ready? I'm going to debunk all your poverty theology. Are you ready? Here we go. Abraham multiplied, he increased, and became very wealthy. In livestock, I don't need any horses and no more dogs. In silver and in gold. Genesis 26, 12. Then Isaac sowed and multiplied and became. We're going to say it and we're going to spray it. Because multiplication and addition are en route to my house. Yes. Psalm 23 said it this way, Shirley, I like Sister Shirley. Sister Shirley, you know, you don't mess with Sister Shirley. You don't call her nothing but Sister Shirley. My, my, my Sunday school teacher name, her name was Sister Moran. Mary Moran. You didn't call her nothing but Sister Moran. She's still alive. She goes to Eagle's Nest. You know how old she is, but she's, I'm not going to ask her. She'll just hit me upside the head. Surely goodness and mercy. Why are you so blessed? I can't help it. Why you have that? I can't help it. How'd you get that? I don't know. Why are you wearing them Gucci shoes? Y'all just sold them, give to the poor. That's what Judah said. How'd you get those Gucci shoes? I didn't pay for them. I don't know. Bishop Gobby said, here's some shoes. I said, okay. I said, wow, they're more expensive. He said, you deserve the best. My mama was wearing this, y'all like this diamond ring? The Lord's been good to pastor. How many of y'all like this diamond ring? My mom was wearing this diamond ring. I said, ooh, mama, that's a nice ring. She goes, ooh. I said, what? She said, I told the Lord if you told me I'd like it, I'd give it to you. I walked in the church on my birthday, and the, the staff years ago, they bought me this lion head. I said, y'all are so kind. Said, we want to bless you, pastors. I'm a lion. I said, I need a chain to wear it on. I said, honey, give me a chain to wear it on. All of a sudden, the chain, I got the chain. But I didn't even pay for it. Because how'd you get that? I don't know. It followed me. I said, you see that chain at Durant? No, not that one. I gave Durant a chain. So I'm expecting another chain. I would mesh. I can't tell them that. Y'all be stupid. Okay, I'm going to tell you. I gave away $20,000 in the last six months. You can't handle me. See, don't be mad at me when it comes back because it's going it's to it's come back. In a good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. All right, y'all ready? Number five, I got to quit. I got to hurry. Got to quit. Got to quit. Got to quit. Quit, 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 because I'm hungry. Number five. Jeremiah, I know this next point. It was for you when I did your second wedding. 
Jeremy and Stacy got divorced because he was being a knucklehead. True story. And he was always crying. I don't know, Pastor. I messed up. I was like, I know, man. He said, again. <laughs> then I find out during COVID that they were smooching. <laughs> sorry, Stacy. She's under the table dying in the production room. And I'm so sorry, but I love you. I said, y'all come over to my house. I said, listen, y'all can't, are y'all, what's going on here? Like, what, what y'all, what's going on? What, what y'all doing? Y'all are divorced. Like, what's going on? And Jeremy's like, I don't know. <laughs> I said, are y'all together? Are you dating? Like, what's the deal? He goes, we're smooching. I just feel so, so alive. So alive. I said, listen, y'all need to get married. Stop smooching. They said, Pastor, we can't because the, 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 the marriage office is closed in independence because of COVID. We can't even get a marriage certificate. I said, give me y'all's hands right now. I said, honey, put your hands on their hand. I said, Father, in the name of Jesus, as their pastor and ambassador, I said, repeat after me, Jeremy. I, Jeremy, I, Jeremy, take thee, take thee. I said, stay, repeat after me, Stacey. I, Stacey, I said, by the power invested in me through the state of Missouri and God himself, I ordain you husband and wife. Now go home and smooch. Jeremy called me the next day and said, Pastor, my mind is blown. Are y'all ready? Man, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong. Here's number five. God, God gave this to me, is about to blow our ever-living minds at LifeGate Church. Hatabo Shea He's about to blow our minds at what he's fixing to do. He's about to blow his our minds at what we're about to see. We I hear the Holy Ghost say, You ain't seen nothing yet, LifeGate Church. 2911 is about to see an invasion of the Holy Ghost. We're about to see a radical transformation. You ain't saying nothing in here. This community's coming to Jesus. There are young people by the droves about to hit this church. This year will reach more young people than we we've ever reached at a single season at the history of our church. God is about to blow my mind. I dare you just to do it with me. Go. Stay playing a little something. Play this. Or whatever key you're in, that minor thing. Jesus was sitting in a house There was a man who was paralyzed. He never walked before. And some of you are in that, you may not be paralyzed physically, but you feel paralyzed spiritually. You just feel like, man, there's so much more and I don't know how to get there. And the Bible said there was no room in the house and they began to rip the ceiling off and rip the roof off and, and they began to hang in the windows and they were trying to get their buddy, their friend to Jesus and they lowered him down into the room where Jesus was. Couldn't walk, Lexi, Alexis, Lexi. And he said to the man, he said, get up, take up your mat and walk this thing out. I don't believe in all that's old test. That's an old day, you know, before. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and forever. If he did it, then he'll do it now. 
I was reading this and the Bible said that the people were completely, put it up there for me, Mark 2.12. Immediately he rose, took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all so everybody saw what took place so that all were amazed and all glorified God saying we have never seen this before. I want to encourage you, LifeGate Church. I don't ever want to be perceived as the kind of church that's building a kingdom up for the preacher. This isn't about my kingdom. If that's your thought, please reverse what you're doing. This is about the kingdom of God. This is about making Jesus famous in a generation that hates his guts. You can say Buddha. You can say Allah. You can say praise Beyonce with her little cult church. But the moment you say Jesus, people are ready to throw tomatoes at you. But we're about to put Jesus on the map in Kansas City. You better hear me today. We're about to make Jesus famous. We're about to to glorify God in this room. And there's people that are going to come here that are so broken, their mind is going to to be blown at the goodness of God. There's going to be people come to our church that have been molested, that have been raped, that have miscarried babies, that have aborted babies, that have been raped by men as children. God's going to heal them and it's going to blow their mind. There's a lot of sick spiritual people that's going to come to our church. They're not walking. They're paralyzed and you're going to bring them. Remember, the friends brought their friend to Jesus and they're going to get healed. They're going to get delivered and God is going to be glorified. Never saw nothing like this before. Never saw nothing like this before. God's about to blow our mind. I promise you said, Pastor, we've heard you preach this for 15 years about what God's going to do. Uh-huh. And we're about to walk into that season right now. I said, we're about to walk into that season right now. You can't afford not to come here. If you're a member of this church and you just stay home Wednesday night, the, devil, the Lord rebuke you in the name of Jesus. If we're going to see signs, miracles, and wonders take place, we got to go get them. Come on in here. We got to stop being lazy Christians in America where we come and we feast off the theater or the show up front. Man, what I'm doing up here, you take out there and go do it in Jesus' name. Come on in here. Witness to the people in the line while you're at the DMV, while you're at Walmart, while you're at the Kroger or whatever grocery store you go to, Hy-Vee. Tell somebody about Jesus. I don't want to pastor a dead church, y'all. I love y'all with all my heart. I love Jesus way more than you. And I will will not be manipulated. I will not be put in a box. You're not going to box me in. You're not going to come to me and tell me, well, we can't be that kind of church. We're going to, don't you come to me with that negative Nancy Karen spirit. We're going to believe God for a miracle. We're going to believe God for revival. We're going to believe God for to change lives. God is about to blow our ever-living mind. You know what I told the Lord? I said, Lord, how I read scripture, no, no condemnation to those who do this. How I read scripture, I don't believe it. It's your will for me to go ask for $3 million in a loan. I, just, I, I read the Bible. I just don't believe that. I just don't believe that. He told me to stop saying I'm retiring by 60 also, so I had to stop saying that too. My daughter said, oh, you're retiring at 55. You ain't going to be doing more than 55. I said, baby, I have to do what the Lord tells me to do. 
She thinks 55 is like 80. You know how young kids think. Not that 80 is old, by the way. I said, Lord, if it's your will for us to build a complex for kids, and that doesn't negate if you're not a young person, we need you. We got to have the Samsons and we got to have the lad. The Samson generation did more miracles at the end of his life, but it was because a lad took him by the hand. The two generations coming together. I don't want to just be a young church. I mean, that's great, but I don't want to just be a young church. I think that whole philosophy is backwards. We need the seniors and those who have plowed the way. We need elders in the church to say, that's goofy. Stop doing that. Let me teach you how to cast the devil out for a minute because you never know. You ain't got to be afraid. And I, I really try to be multi-generational as a church on purpose. Come on in here. But I told the Lord, if it's your will for us to build a complex for a generation now, these kids, do you know 75% of the American church affirms the LGBT community as being okay with God? 75 of y'all percent. The Bible calls it wicked and sin. Now that doesn't mean God don't love them and that we shouldn't love them. We don't have to be rude jerks and arrogant people to them. We want them coming holding hands and calling themselves a couple. How are they ever going to know Jesus if we don't show them the love of God? But you can't rewrite the Bible because you don't read it. We are literally one generation away, 12 years from being a godless society. 12 years. The kids in kindergarten right now will be running our, our country in 12, 13 years. Are you for real right now? When drag queens are entertaining our kindergarten kids, come on in here. When they're putting feline kitty litter boxes in a school system, in a, te a teacher told me that in our church, we have a closet for them in our school and they can go in there and identify as a cat and pee in the closet if they want to. Hello? And it's subtle. Gender neutral bathrooms, it's subtle. We're like, oh, praise the Lord, you know, not me, not me, not me. We got to get our kids. Well, you're pretty aggressive. You, you, have you seen what the devil's doing to our kids? Like, come out, get your head out of the sand for a minute. We got to get our kids on fire for the Lord. I'm so thankful, Anna, she's going to go to college and change the world. We're going to do it right here. We're going to do it right here. I got some new direction for the church I want to share with you on Wednesday night. I would share it with you right now, but my wife and I haven't even had a chance to really talk about it. And uh, it's, going to, it's going to be pretty powerful about what I see the Lord saying to us about, did I already talk to you about generation services? A little bit? Okay, so then I can tell you because I'll just tell them a little bit. So on first Wednesdays, I kind of got some new direction with that. And I really believe God is about to do a thing with our kids, our young people, to where it's going to be a momentum thing with them. And so what we're going to do on first Wednesdays is we're going to give the first few rows to teenagers. Now, I want you to see the picture of it prophetically, okay? The first few rows will be teenagers, and we're going to get them more involved on the platform and things of that nature. And uh, we'll run it as if it was a youth service. It's going to be youth 
focused, but not a youth service. Do you hear me? So the only way that's going to work is if you don't hear me say, well, then I, I, I'm not coming. No, we need you to come. So it's, it's very prophetic that you sit behind them to tell them, hey, we're behind you. And we already have started connecting. How many of the men went to the men's conference? Here, let me see you. Okay, awesome. So the Tuttle girls, remember them? They led worship. They're going to be here in October, the first Wednesday in October. That's Judy Jacobs' daughters and Jamie Tuttle's kids. I mean, they're, they're a married couple. They're going to be here to lead worship. I'm going to let them prophesy, preach, do whatever they want to, ramp style, let's go. I don't care if we're here till midnight. Somebody say, well, I do. You can be dismissed. It's all good. We're going to see God change a generation. God is about to blow our mind. Father, do it in Jesus' name. Let's all say it together. One, two, three, go. Okay, that was weak. Let's say it together with some faith behind it. One, two, three, go. God is about to blow our minds. We declare it to be so in the name of Jesus. And the people of God said amen and amen. Put your hands together and thank the Lord. Amen and amen. It's germinating my glass. I got to hurry up. Here's what I know about your spoken word. To produce a financial miracle of multiplication, no limitation, it takes more than your speech. Amen, Pastor. We hear you. You got to believe. So Jesus said, you, you have to believe what you say and it will be given unto you. Number two, you have to decree. Number three, you have to have a seed in your hand. A seed. And then number four, you have to manage properly. You, 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 can't, you can't, you know, go $20,000 in debt on Visa and be like, well, why isn't my declaration working? <laughs> you, got, you got to manage what God gives you and lead yourself properly. The Bible calls it dominion because God's not in control. God ain't in control of you. You are. That's what your Bible says. He said, I give unto you authority and power. <laughs> we're going to say it and spray it. We're going to sow it and reap it. And then we're going to manage it. Speaking of sowing and reaping, I haven't received the offering yet. And I've got four weeks worth of receiving offerings to do tonight. Today. Your, her party's not, the reveal thing isn't till three. I got plenty of time. Amen. Everybody get your best seat in your hand. Get your best gift in your hand. I want to thank every single person. Thank you, beautiful girl. I want to thank every single person that makes LifeGate become what it is. You know what Pastor Titus said to me? Greatest compliment anybody could ever say. Pastor Titus is one of our board members, and he sets our salaries here at the church. He pastors a great church in Topeka, Kansas, one of my best friends. He said, he said to me, he goes, I don't want to be disrespectful. He said, but I just want you to know, LifeGate don't need you. I was like, Awesome. He goes, no, for real. He goes, I couldn't even tell you weren't there. He said, from top to bottom, it was incredible. That's a compliment to you guys of, of showing up, pressing in, and pulling on what God has for us as a church. And uh, he's an incredible person. We love him dearly. And uh, I'm so thankful as a pastor that you guys call me your pastor. I I'm serious. Like, thank you for being loyal and honorable to my wife and I. 
Amen. Church is like this. Great times, ouch. Great times, ouch. Come on. Great times, man, that hurt. Great times, but at the end of at the end of it, here we are. Here we are. Stronger, tighter, loving each other, pressing in with each other, and encouraging each other. Look at your neighbor and say, hey neighbor, I thank you for helping us press. Tell him for helping us press. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you for every giver today. God, we put good seed into the ground this morning. And Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that we would reap according to how we sow it. For those of us that give great, Lord, let them reap great. Those that give little, let them reap little. God, let us reap according to how we put an offering. That's what First, Second Corinthians chapter 9 said, and we proclaim it and receive it in such a way. And the people of God said,